Good morning, good morning, Word of Truth Ministry family. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you. Last week, uh, I knew everybody had a great time on Friday when we just celebrated Christmas. God bless you. As you can see, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the theme of red. Last week's message was in a red shirt. This week's message is in a red shirt. It's one of my favorite colors, so we're going to be festive at the time, and we're just going to keep this thing moving. God kind of gave me kind of a Christmas message, I guess you say, and we're going to share it with you today. Again, Merry Christmas to all those people, and God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. So we're going to go uh, what we believe in. We believe in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. We do not compromise or add anything at all to the Word of God. Uh, Revelation 22 and 19 is very clear. It says, And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away it apart from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in the book. We believe at the Word of Truth Ministry that the Bible, it builds faith, uh, which empowers our purpose. Now, if you have a, uh, whatever you use in order to look the word up to make sure I'm telling you the actual scriptures, that kind of stuff, please trust but verify. Uh, please hold that up. Like Pastor Rich used to tell me, when you come to church or when you listen to the word of God, you want to make sure that you actually have a Bible so you can actually follow the man of God or woman of God that's delivering the word. So repeat after me. This is our Bible. We believe the word of God. We live by it. We confess it. We trust it. We're led by it. We stand on it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank and praise you for another opportunity to come before your people. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to celebrate with our families, Lord God, during this time, your death, burial, and resurrection, Lord God, that we will have a relationship with the Father. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory for all that you have done and all you continue to do, Lord God, as we end 2020, Lord God, and go into 2021. Have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the name of this message is pretty simple. It's pretty clear. It's called, Please Accept This Gift. So how many times or how many how many times many of us have heard someone say, please accept a gift or or offer you something or offer you some type of gift? Uh, most of us accept the gift, especially if we receive the gift has value. Uh, when when I say uh, I mean something that is you no know, physically tangible, because a lot of times people offer you something. But if you could physically see this gift and it's, you, you know it has some value, then most of us are going to accept the gift. As long as the gift does not come with some type of strings or attachments to it. So for this scenario, what we're talking about is somebody offering you a gift purely because they just want to give you a gift. Right. See, in my life, I've received a lot of gifts. I mean, I can go back to uh, when I lived with my parents. My parents bought me two automobiles, bought me one when I was 16 and then traded that one in and then bought me another when I was 17. Not one time did I ask my parents or look at my parents and say, you know, I don't deserve this car or what they were trying to buy me. I just accepted the gift. It was a gift that they gave to me, which I appreciated. Now, I also look at over my over being married for 30 years. Boy, you receive a lot of gifts to be married for 30 years. So over 30 years, I can go back and I can count the many things that my wife has given me. But the greatest gifts my wife ever gave me were my two sons, my son, Christiana, my son, Marcus. They're my greatest of gifts. I, I love them. I didn't, I didn't question whether or not they were coming or not. I didn't say I didn't want them. I, I just felt warm. I felt uh, enthusiastic. I was just happy that God was providing me the gift of sons. I was mostly happy and, and ecstatic. So I've had great gifts given to me by, uh, by some of my friends, right? And uh, they've given me hats and shirts and socks and even money. Uh, great gifts, gifts at the time and, and still now I still appreciate. And me myself have given out a lot of great gifts. So the thing about gifts or services is the value to the recipient. If the gift has no value, then it really is not a gift. We got to make sure when you give somebody a gift that they have it has the value or they should understand the value or the intent of the heart of the gift that you're giving. Now, if someone offers you a million dollars uh, with zero obligations, 
um, my question is, who, who wouldn't take the million dollars? I mean, if somebody said, I'm going to give you a million dollars, there's no obligation, God bless you, almost every last one of us would take that uh, gift. I was watching on the news the other day at one of these restaurants, when a gentleman came in, he realized that the, waiter, the waitresses that were waiting on him, he decided to leave a great tip. He left a tip, I think it was $2,020. So he left $2,020 in remembrance of $2,020 in order to help them through the holiday season. What a great gift, especially during this, these last months of COVID-19. See, the country and the world are hurting financially, they're hurting emotionally, and more likely a lot of them are hurting physically. Last week, the world uh, has been offered a great gift of the vaccination, right? We, we got the vaccination approved, and there's another one that was approved um, right after that one, and now they're issuing uh, vaccines in, in two different, um, from two different sources. Uh, many will take the gift uh, of the vaccination uh, because they see the value in it, by, but others, on the other hand, don't see the risk is not worth the solution. We have food lines around the world because people are struggling to survive. Uh, many, for the first time in their lives, are waiting at food lines uh, for abundance, not for survival. Uh, living, living, for, uh, living not for abundance, but for survival. See, the gift of food is an extremely tangible resource, particularly when you do not have the money or, or resources to purchase or to obtain food. Food is absolutely necessary if you want to live. During times like this, uh, these, it is perfect, practical, and needed. It's a priceless, it is priceless to many that do not have it. Today, I want to offer you uh, a gift that is not only tangible, but never needs replacement. Um, physical gifts are awesome, but almost every one of them will be replaced because of wear and tear. Uh, they were great, and uh, some were needed when I received them, but time changes all of them. I cannot tell you how many shoes and clothes I've owned or bought over the last 30 years. I, I can't tell you how much money I've spent over the last... Uh, 30 years. And I, I can't tell you how much food, Lord knows how much food I've eaten over the last 30 years. The point is, in reality, it was all temporal, right? Here today, gone tomorrow. Outside of my wife and my kids, the only thing I have of value that has never changed and is everlasting is my relationship with Christ. We just celebrated Christmas. Most of us sat around and exchanged gifts and talked about the many blessings we have. And our family normally don't Christmas. What we do is uh, it used to be a time that the kids would get up early in the morning. Thank the Lord they're older now. So and, and soon they'll all be leaving. Thank the Lord. So the fact is in the morning time, they, now what they do is they get up later. And when they get up later, I mean, it may be 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then once everybody's up there, if we ain't up, they'll knock on the door like, hey, yo, we're going to open these gifts. And I'm still tripping because they're older and they still knock on the door time when we're going to open gifts together. And then when we open the gifts together, what they do is everybody opens their gifts and then just they share a gift. And then we just kind of talk about the things of being appreciative about the things that God has done. So uh, while many this year, uh, they felt the loss or they feel the loss of friends and family members. And a lot of people are unable to really get it in the season because they, 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 there's so much hurt and so much despair and so much worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, many are hurting, they're angry, and many are confused on, on what, what has happened and what's going on. Uh, many are looking for answers, looking for peace, looking for comfort, looking for love, looking for holiness or wholeness. They need strength to get out of the bed or just to, um, just to live throughout the day. To those out there in despair, I have a gift that is valued by God himself, given to us because of his love for each and every last one of us. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to walk you down the beginning or the beginning talk of this gift presentation to us. Turn your Bibles to Genesis 3 and 15. And the scripture says, Genesis 3 and 15. And I will pour, put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed, offspring and her seed. He shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel. 
So what happens here, what you're seeing in the scripture is what happened in the judgment of Adam and Eve. When God came to them and gave them the consequences for the things that had happened, the fact that they have eaten of the fruit, when they had violated, well, actually, well, Adam had violated the commandment that God had given him, not necessarily Eve. And in this, what you see is God was establishing what was going to happen and when it was going to happen in a sense. So what he told uh, the serpent, as he told me he would be on his belly and that he would eat dirt, he also told the serpent that the punishment for that, and we're not, the serpent is, is an animal. But we were talking about the fact that the, the Satan used the serpent to do what he, he needed him to do. So there was twofold punishment. The serpent itself, it was cast to the ground. It, it, was, it eats dirt. And, and the hermeneutics of this gives many different explain, explanations about it. But it, it, it ate dirt and, and it be this. And, and men and women, most men, most women don't like uh, snakes. They're disliked. However, to the serpent, to Satan, God tells him, because you did this thing, he talks about bruising his head, right? fatally and bruising the heel not fatal right so what it's talking about here in this scripture it's talking about even though adam and eve sinned in the garden and what happened was the bible says the day that you sin you shall surely die in their death what they end up doing was they had to learn how to die naturally but their relationship with god was cut they lost the relationship where adam and eve had reign in, 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 in communion with God every day. I mean, every day they would have a conversation with God. They would talk to God. And you can look in the scripture and see how Adam named the animals and how they, they would have a conversation. He would bring an animal, Adam would name it, and then they would keep going. So you can see that there was relationship. If you look at the context, I think it's in the beginning of Genesis 3, it says, and God came in the cool of the day. It made it seem like God normally came at a particular time in order to have a conversation with Adam and Eve because he was looking for them, yet he could not find them. So in this scripture, what you're finding is God is saying, OK, you have just lost your relationship. But this scripture is telling us that, yes, you did lose your relationship, but God is going to send somebody in the future. And this person, Jesus Christ, in the future, you know, you may bruise his heel, which means you think you're doing something to hurt him physically on earth. But in all actuality, he's going to totally destroy you and take the keys of death and take the keys of pain and defeat the enemy and bring us back into relationship with the father. See, verse Genesis 3 and 15 is an explanation of what we got when we sinned in the garden. God loved us so much that he provided provisions for us to come forth that even in our sin, he took care of us. The hermeneutics of this verse is pretty widespread, meaning there are many ideals on what it means. Most are similar, while the prevailing meaning is what I just got through talking about. It's about, uh, and if you look at this thing, what's so interesting is, it, uh, it, it's an estimated that it was about 42 generations between Adam and Christ, covering over around 2,040 uh, plus years. So why, why am I offering you this gift? Why, why the gift? So John 3.16, man, we all know this scripture. It says, for God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, this gift was loved and cherished by God and God loved us to give his best. So God gave us a perfect gift because of his love for us. So why the gift? Because when God offers you something, you never turn down what God offers. Last week, we talked about admirers, followers, and mentors. You know what? This is being the call of God. God is calling us by presenting us a gift. He's not just calling us for this. He said, look, I'm calling you. Let me give you something that you may have a life and have a life more abundantly. It says, you must understand the value of the gift of Christ to truly appreciate it. 
we got to understand why Christ is important. Because without Christ, I have no life. I may live physically, but spiritually I'm dead. But with Christ, I live both naturally and spiritually. And when I die physically, even though I will still live spiritually, I will not live spiritually in damnation. I will live spiritually in the presence of the Most High God. That's the result of accepting this perfect gift. This gift is mostly multifaceted. It, it, it works in multiple ways. Sometimes, you know, you can buy, you can buy something. You say, well, it does this and it does this. It does this. Well, this gift that God has given us does so much for us. It don't just save us, but it does so much more than just save us. It reestablishes relationship. It provides healing and it provides knowledge and understanding and wisdom and guidance. It does a lot for us. Turning your word to uh, John uh, 10 and 10. John 10 and 10. And it reads, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, here the triad sets this context of the powerful nature of the evil opponent of Jesus, who threatens the security of the flock or the church. To counteract this threat, Jesus assumes the role of protector. Remember I said it's multifaceted? He likens himself to a guardian, a gate that provides salvation or safe haven to the sheep who pass through it. Jesus is our guardian. He's our gate. Jesus is an uh, agent of wholeness. He provides and makes us whole he, of eternal life. Listen, when you accept Jesus Christ, you're welcome to eternal life with the Father. Secure passion or release from the realms of darkness. When you come into Christ, when you come into to having a relationship with God, you move out of the darkness into light. It goes on to say he is, as the Samaritans confess, he's the savior of the entire world. And here he is, the one who provides life to the fullest. The Greek word persion means that which goes way beyond necessity. John wanted all his readers to know that the gift of Jesus is life beyond our wildest dreams. What a gift. 1 Peter 2, 21 and 25. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25. Listen, I am talking about a perfect gift. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Listen, we need to make sure that we're appreciating the gift that God gave us. So 1 Peter 2, 21 through 25 reads, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself, he entrusted himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. See, Jesus is a perfect gift. We do not deserve him, but because of God's love, he made himself available to each and every one of us. All the way back in Genesis 3 and 15, 16, 
Jesus made himself available that he was going to come back through 40 or so generations over 2,000 years to make sure that each every one of us would have the opportunity to be back in relationship with the Father. Not only did he come to fix relationships with the Father, he came to make free us from the darkness of sin. He came also to restore marriages because you'll see part of the punishment was a woman would have a desire towards her husband and, and a man would work the ground. But the desire towards her husband means that woman would have that she would want to actually rule over her husband. But in that, that's opposite what was going on in the garden. Now it's talking about now in this, Jesus came back and looking at Ephesians 5, you start to see that Jesus, the church, he, he shows the example of what the church looks like and in reference to what a marriage looked like. So Jesus came back in the most of that faceted way, not just to save our souls, but to keep, uh, remove and, and free us from sin, also to restore our marriages and restore our relationship with the Father. Christ restored our relationship and gave us an opportunity with him to live with eternity. But what we cannot do as Christians, as the body of Christ, we, we can't get so comfortable that uh, the gift, uh, we start to take it for granted. There is uh, no other gift to man that has sacrificed so much for the well-being of mankind. Because of the gifts of Christ, let us all reevaluate our lives uh, as we head into this new year to ensure we are living uh, in the more abundant life that God talked about. The question is, how do we do this? Well, I have a few areas I want you to talk, think about. First of all, in order to move on and never get so comfortable with the gift that you do, you do, you don't value it like it should be valued. You, you got to value the gift God has given you. How do we do that? Uh, you got to look at your own personal life, or we have to look at our lives, and uh, we got to look how. Um, how we talk to people. We got to look at how we, we treat people. As we go into 2021, let's make sure that everything we do is relationship with the love that God has shown us. Let's be reflective in our love as we show others. It's, it's how our forgiveness is dispersed. Listen, if you, you can't forgive, you don't expect to be forgiven. We all make mistakes. We all rub somebody the wrong way. We have to live in a life of learning how to forgive, as it says in the word, seven times 70. It's just not, that's not just a number. It's just saying, it's a parable in the sense of saying, you should have an unlimited amount of, for, of forgiveness for people. We got to always have a spirit of forgiveness when somebody has offended you. So those people in 2020 that has done you wrong and that has you feel in a certain kind way let's let that go and as we move into 2021 we're going to give them to God we're going to forgive them and then we're going to accept the things that God has for us the other question you got to ask is am I living the example of Christ not perfect but striving to do my best we got to make sure that the things that we do is in, in reference to what God expects us to do this is how we know that we value the gift now also we got to learn number two we got to learn about the gift in order to learn about the gift, you have to read the manual. See, when you when you read the manual, the Bible, you, you get an understanding about what the gift is. And in the manual, it will give you instructions. It, you'll know how it operates in the how, you'll know how to operate in the gift by studying the Bible. You'll you'll know what it can do, uh, what you can do in order to destroy the gift's functionality in your life. But what we need to do also when you when you study the word of God, you'll learn how to pray and you'll understand how to speak to God and you'll understand how God speaks to you. This is how we keep value of the gift. This is how we get the fullness of the gift. But you also got to understand the things that you can do to, to destroy the functionality of the gift in your life. See, we know the word talks about nothing can separate us from the word the love of God. That is absolutely true. Some people get that to mean that since nothing can separate us from the word of God, the love of God, that we won't go to hell. 
That's a lie. What this is saying is this. God will love us even if we go to hell. God is just saying you rejected me. It doesn't kill. It doesn't kill my love. But because of the punishment of you rejecting the son, I can no longer be in fellowship with you. What I'm telling you today right now is we have to make sure that our lives are a living example. God loves us. We have to love God as the greatest commandment. Love God with our whole heart, soul and mind. And we must, we must, we must love our neighbors as ourselves. The only way you can do that is to make sure that your lifestyle is reminiscent of what the Bible says it should be. Next. We talk about this right here. We talk about and when I was talking about the functionality, we know sin is one thing that can mess with the functionality of the gift in your life. Unforgiveness definitely can mess with the functionality of the gift in your life. And being double-minded, unstable, can definitely mess with the gift uh, in your life. You, we, you need to be sold out and committed. No matter what you see, no matter what happens, we're going to look to the Lord. Because that's where our help comes from. No matter what anybody else says, all the stuff, that, all the chatter that's going around, the only word that matters is Jesus' word. And that's the word that we're going to stand on. Number three. Understanding the purpose of the gift. See, we understand the gift is salvation to our soul. I mean, we, we were all doomed not to be in the presence of God unless you were Jewish. And then you were Jewish and you had accept you were part of the 144,000. But if you're outside 144,000, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you were not part of the promise. But Jesus came that Gentiles or regular folk like us had the opportunity to come into relationship with the Father. So through, uh, through Christ, we have salvation. We have the ability to go and pray and fast. We have the ability to, to talk to God. We have the ability to study God's word. We have the ability to be in relationship with God. That was my second renewed relationship with God, something we didn't have the ability to do before. A relationship where you can talk to God and God can talk to you. Through uh, understanding the gift, we understand that we have victory over sin and death. That yes, uh, we still sin. Yes, Romans 3 and 23 says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But it also says in Romans, should we continue to sin that grace abound? God forbid. It doesn't mean that we purposely sin. That means that we do things wrong because we're human. And when we do something wrong, we ask God to forgive us. We clean ourselves up and we keep moving. Otherwise, you fall under Romans 6 and 23. that says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So the thing is this. We all will sin, but when we sin, it shouldn't be something that we're doing intentionally. When you know you did something wrong, clean it up so you can get back into the presence of the Most High God. Now, one of the biggest things we have to do, we have to share. We've got to share this gift, man. During this season, I, we shared a lot of gifts. We bought a lot of ugly sweaters. Uh, we bought some shoes for people, some tires, some oil changes. We didn't did all kinds of stuff, right? We buy all kinds of gifts during the holiday season. Some folks get computers. Some people get big old TVs. We give all kinds of gifts. Right. And they're great gifts. I mean, a good TV lasts you a good six, seven years until they come out with all this other technology. Then you want another TV. Right. It still works, but it's not as functional as the one. But the one gift that always gives and continue to give, we got to give the gift of Christ. And how do we give this gift? We got to tell people about the good news of Christ. First, we are called to tell everyone about the gospel. That's in, in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Now, one thing I have discovered now, and, and you, you tell me if I'm right or wrong. It's, it's hard uh, to tell people about the goodness of Christ. If your life is a mess, not, not that you're going through a trial or tribulation, because we all go through trials and tribulation. I mean, I don't care who you are. If you are Christian or even not a Christian, you're going to go through trials and tribulation. But it's different when you go through a trial and tribulation and you react and not the way that God would react. 
based on the spiritual knowledge, the spiritual understanding in the Bible. So if your life is a mess and is reflective of that of the world and not reflective of, the, of God, then it's really hard to tell people as you're going through and you're doing things that the world would do instead of trusting God, it's hard to tell them about Jesus. So it's hard to do uh, when you want to live on both sides of the fence. Some of us want to be saved one day and some days we don't want to be saved, depending on what we want to do. Uh, today, I want to date this girl that I know I shouldn't be messing with because I know it's going to lead to sex. And I know I'm not married to her, so I shouldn't be having sex with her. But, you know, I'm strong enough to withstand this. And then you fall. And then, uh, well, Lord, I, I'm, I'm saved today. I mean, just saying that. We, we can't play both sides of the fence. You have to choose whether or not you're going to be hot or whether or not you're going to be cold. It's hard to share the gospel when you plan both sides of the field. See, it's hard to do when we do not appreciate the gift, when we don't appreciate the gift to the point of we don't understand that we would not be where we are currently had God not provided everything that we have. And when I start talking, one thing you would realize about me, I am not talking about money. Money is, is something that comes and goes, and money does not define anyone. I mean, a lot of people think money does, but money doesn't define you. What defines you is your relationship with God. What I'm talking about is you wouldn't be where you are spiritually, right? Unless you had a relationship with God, your relationship with God determines your direction. And it also affects your finances, it affects your family, it affects your life, your relationship with God. See, it's really hard to do when you can't love your neighbor. You're still holding on to that stuff from the past. You, you just can't get past the things that they've done. Uh, you, you, you have to be retaliatory. We, we just went through four years of someone that retali uh, retaliated on everyone that said anything or did anything negative to them. That is not of the Bible. That does not reflect that of Jesus Christ. It talks about when he was on the cross, he didn't retaliate. He didn't say any bad words to anybody. He endured this for us. We have to make sure that we live a life that we can love our neighbors regardless of what they say and what they do. Because what it is, is we're not necessarily loving our neighbors, but we're loving the potential God that's in our neighbors. So we got to love the God in our neighbors, which means we're loving beyond the actions of the person and loving the person because they are a child of the Most High God. See, I, I heard a preacher say once that the reason we abuse a thing is because we do not know its purpose. See, the gift of Christ can be easily stated, and I love it, and we always talk about this when we go over uh, the salvation scripture. John 14 and 6. It, it, it's the easiest way to say, what, what's the purpose of this gift? It says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way. Jesus is the way, the way to the Father. Jesus is our lifestyle. He is our way. The truth. Jesus is the truth. There's nothing that is not untrue. Everything you want to know is in the word of God. Listen, if you want to know what's true, when someone says something, line it up to the Bible. That's how you determine whether or not it's true. I don't care if it's a politician. I don't care if it's your mother, your father. I don't care if it's your best friend, your wife, your husband. Line it up against the word of God. The only truth is that that can stand within the word of God. And it goes on to say, and the life. See, the thing about Jesus is he wants us to be able to live this life in such a way that, man, oh, man, we live in the abundance of the life. How do we live in abundance? We live under God saying, you know what, Lord, for you I'll live and for you I'll die. And whatever you want to bless me with, Lord, that's enough. The Bible we talked about last week about Jesus was talking about he don't have a place to lay his head. But you know what? It didn't matter because that wasn't the point of the matter. The point of the matter was he was willing to go through what he had to go through in order to make sure each and every one of us had an opportunity to come to the Father. What? a gift said so no man cometh to the father but by him so jesus is a gift that keeps on giving we see the energizer commercial that just seemed like it was a fallacy but the, the battery never runs out or eventually runs out 
But Jesus never runs out. He's always available. He's open to you 24-7. I mean, he has no restrictions that his office hours, if you watch the movies of Five Heartbeats, are between 8 and 5. Jesus don't have those kind of hours. He 24-7, seven days a week, all 365 days a year. And if you live for 100 years, he's available all 100 of those years. You just got to step into the presence. You got to just open your arm and receive the gift. I mean, you ain't got to pay for it. I mean, I ain't got to say, send me a, a, a some a money and I'll send you a cloth and through the cloth you got Jesus. I ain't got to do none of that for you. All you got to do is accept him as part of your Lord and Savior in your heart. Believe that he is God and, and walk this thing out. I'm telling you now, what a perfect gift. We will all accept a million dollars. If we got an opportunity to get a million dollars, every one of us would take that million dollars, wouldn't even think nothing about it, right? But what I am offering you is so much more worth than a million dollars. This is a gift that not only lasts in this life, but carries you to the next life. It says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but except through him. He is the perfect gift. During a time like this, during this season of Christmas and Thanksgiving was not too far away and we're about to celebrate New Year's. What a great opportunity to go back and evaluate your life to see if you are appreciating the gift of Christ if you're a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, my goodness, my goodness, what a great time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's free. And you know how we like to say if it's free, it's for me. Well, Christ is free and he definitely is for you. He has fought. He has done everything that he has to do that you yourself don't necessarily have to go through it. There are some things you will suffer through. There are many in the Bible, many of the disciples that went through things and suffered as great things as Christ as far as the suffering is concerned. They did this all to make sure that the word of God got out. Christ died and suffered for each and every last one of us. He was beaten to the point that they were pulling flesh off his back. He carried a cross, right? He carried it. He was nailed to a cross and he was mocked and spit on, right? All to be a gift to us that we could be in relationship with the Father. Today, I says, please, I ask you, please, please accept this gift. And if you have the gift, please continue to appreciate it. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank and I praise you for all that you've done, all you continue to do, Lord. I thank you for your gift of your son. I thank you, Lord God, that you gave us Jesus. And through Jesus, Lord God, we have salvation. We have defeated death and we've defeated sin. Through Jesus, we have a relationship with you, Lord. Through Jesus, Lord God, we have eternal life with you and the son. Lord, through Jesus, Lord God, we can go through this life, no matter what our tests or trials are, in the peace knowing, Lord God, that you have our protection or you are our protection. Lord, I just thank you today for all that you have done and all that you continue to do as you lead us into 2021. Lord, let us not hold any, uh, any uh, unforgiveness in our heart for those actions that were done in 2020. Let us not hold any hurt in our heart from the things that we suffered in 2020. But let us move in 2021 looking to you, which is our help. Lord, we just thank you today, Lord God, for what you're doing and what you continue to do, Lord God. We ask you for anybody that is hurting right now that you heal them. Anybody that is sick that you touch their body. Lord, anybody, Lord God, that has a mental issue, Lord God, you clear their mind. Lord, I just thank and praise you, Lord God, for giving peace for those people that right now that may have anxiety. Lord, I just trust you today because I know, Lord God, in you, we have all the answers. I thank you. I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen, all you have to do is repeat after me. He is the perfect gift. Just repeat after me. Bow your head. Father God, I'm a sinner. 
in need of your forgiveness. Lord, I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again, that I might be saved. And I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now listen, again, if anybody out there would like to uh, 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 give an offering or donation or tithes, please visit our website, www.wotm.net. Let me say that one more time for you guys out there. It's called www.wotm.net. God bless each and every one of y'all, everything you do for the kingdom. We just give God the appreciation as, again, as we start to transition and move and go and do what God has called us to do. We just thank you for your support, and we just love you. Thank you.